Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 85. Welcome back and happy new year, Adamantomaniacs. I hope everyone had a beautiful holiday season. This is episode number 85, but more importantly, it is the first episode of season number three. That's right, we're back for a third season, new year, new decade, same Adamantium podcast that you know and love and have come to expect greatness of and can't live without and must tune in every single week to listen to. Please, tell me that you love me. But seriously, thank you guys so, so much for tuning into the first two seasons. We had some incredible guests in the second season, so I am incredibly excited to see what the third season has in store. And I just love doing what I'm doing, so I hope that you guys continue to enjoy listening. We have some new ideas for season number three, but overall, why fix what ain't broken? Mainly, I just want to keep bringing you guys good content and engaging interviews that you can enjoy listening to. That being said, let's get into today's season premiere episode. Uh, One thing we did last year with season two was we invited back James Mullinger, who was one of our favorite guests from season one. So I wanted to do something similar and invite back one of our favorite guests from season two. So one of my favorite guests personally, and also based on the feedback that I received from you guys, it was also one of your favorite guests from season two, was Miss Biff Naked, the OG Canadian female punk rocker. So I reached out to Biff Naked again to see if she'd be interested in doing our season premiere episode. And I thought maybe she might not be interested because we just did an interview a little over six months ago and it might be a been there, done that kind of thing. But she replied right away with so much enthusiasm and she was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. I'm so excited. So I went back to her super cool condo and uh, we recorded another episode and she's just so sweet, so inspiring and just such a wonderful person just a great human being. And this interview turned out just as great as the first one. Repeat interviews are cool because you kind of know how you guys interact already, how your personalities match. So you can kind of skip all that kind of introductory getting to know each other part and just get right into it. So this was really, really cool. So thank you again to Biff Naked for starting season number three off with a blast and with good vibes because we can all learn a lot from her positivity and outlook on life. And I hope you guys really enjoy it as much as I do. And maybe this is the first time you're tuning into the Adamantium podcast. If it is, welcome. All are welcome. We would love for you to hit that subscribe button. Yeah, yeah, hit that button and tune in again. We would love to have you back. The Adamantium podcast is available on all major podcast networks. You can also follow us on social media. You can find The Adamantium on Instagram at The Adamantium. You can find us on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Or you can find everything on our website, which is theadamantium.com. All right. Well, with no further delay, we might as well get right into our season three premiere episode featuring Biff Naked. This is episode number 85 of the Adamantium podcast. Enjoy, everyone, and happy 2020. (laughs) 
happy 2020. I can't believe it. Yeah? I can't believe it's 2020. It's weird, eh? Yeah, it's good, though. It is good. I don't know. I think that 2019 was very symbolic for a lot of people. A lot Mm -hmm. of people seem to, like, kind of complain about 2019, that it was, like, a a really transitional year for them or that it was, like, a bad year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that the new year coming gave a lot of people hope. It's kind of been, like, a... I noticed it's kind of almost been like a meme, 2019, you yes. know, like it's 2019, you have to act this way or That's something, right. you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it is, it's refreshing mm-hmm. to have a zero at the end. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a new decade. So yeah. people kind of feel like it's a good excuse for them yeah. to find something more transformational mm-hmm. in their life. Um, yeah, I can remember when it turned 2000 mm-hmm. and, um, I'm pretty confident that we were probably playing somewhere for New Year's Eve, 1999. Did you do a millennium gig? I'm sure we did. Yeah. I mean, I used to only play every New Year's. I, okay. as an adult, I didn't have a New Year's Eve where I wasn't performing until I was in my mid thirties. Okay. Um, but yeah, I can remember 1999. People literally people were worried. Well, they really it. thought planes would fall out of the yeah. sky. And I, I kind of look back now and I laugh because I think they yeah. couldn't have really been serious. But I think they were they absolutely were. serious. They were serious. Yeah, yeah which is I remarkable. That. I remember that. I was in Cuba actually. Amazing. With my parents, I was only 11. But oh my yeah. gosh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this year, I mean, we've already got a great. Head start onto a positive I think so. year. And we can say it's the 20s again. Yes, the roaring 20s. You're right. Yeah. Which is kind of because the 2000s, you can't really say, or the 10s, you can't really, no. it doesn't work. Yeah, the so 20s. We can work. finally start saying that mm-hmm. again, the 30s. And, yeah, it's cool. Uh, when we get there. Well, we've got, we didn't even introduce, we've got Biff Naked back again. Hello. So we, we did this last year too, um, where. I kind of liked kicking off the seed. This is this is going to be the first episode of the third season. I am honored. And yeah, you're, congratulations on another. Thank you, season. thank you. Very yeah, cool. yeah. Well, until people are sick of hearing from me, but we did a lot last year. We did almost fifty episodes. Amazing. So almost one a week, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Yeah, I hustled pretty hard last year. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, what I did last year too was I invited back someone that people really liked from the first season. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do that again. And your episode was one of awesome, unanimously one of the one people liked oh, the most nice. and myself. Very and myself. nice. Yeah. Thank you. So we're back. So why don't we, I mean, it's right after the holidays. So mm-hmm. why don't we start there? Why don't we tell, tell us what Biff Naked was up to for the holidays? And oh, you were, when we exchanged emails. You were yes. like, well, I'm here and I'm here and That's I'm here. That's right. Here. So yeah. yeah, tell us what was going on. The holidays seem to be very interruptive for people as yeah. far as work goes. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, we used to say that the music business stops from American Thanksgiving until after New Year's. Basically, okay. nothing gets done. Right. But for us, I never find that's the case. Um, I went to Snake's mom's. Okay. Uh, so she lives in a town called Cranbrook, British Columbia. And it's, uh, it's kind of one of those... Uh, little towns in the Rocky Mountains that's close enough to Fernie, which mm-hmm. is a big skiing, snowboarding place, and Kimberly, B.C., which is the same. Um, so it was a, a snowy winter wonderland, if you will. And I came home full of baking. Okay. Basically. And uh, and that's just fun. It was the first time we really just kind of relaxed all year. Because okay. it was, like yourself, it was a year of just like so much hustle. hustle. Yeah. yeah. But it sounded like even leading up to the holidays, you had a lot 
a lot going on. It's it's always remarkable. It was uh, so Andy Kim is uh, of course an mm-hmm. icon, a songwriting icon, and he always has a charity events every year surrounding Christmas. He's the Andy Kim Christmas show. Yeah. And so it was my second year being involved in that. And I just love it. And the people are so wonderful. Andy's wonderful. His band is wonderful. And so that was something that we take time out and prioritize. Right. Um, but besides that, that, we were is working... Is that the first time you've done it? or It was the second year second. I've done it. And so, so was it last year you did it? or? Uh, last year I did it and the year before. Okay. So yeah, 2018 and 2019. Right, right. And, uh, and so I hope to, to do it again yeah. this coming December, which is only 11 months away. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 11 months. Um, we also shot a video for my first single. Okay. Uh, so we shot that in December as well. And is that available yet? or Not, not yet. yet. Okay. No, we're still editing it. So and it's an going to be released. Yeah, we've got a whole record ready to go really? this year. And so that's something that's we've been working on on, kind of uh, getting everything in order. And will that be on, under the Biff Naked name? Yes, or it with, will. Okay. Yeah, and not, is Snake involved? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, Perfect. And Snake and I wrote it with Doug Fury, okay. uh, who is my uh, guitar player and co-writer mm. on so many records that I've done. Uh, and it was amazing. It was just so much fun. Um, I went into management okay. with my manager. Uh, so he's managed me for, I don't know, 27 years. Wow. And, you know, now it's like, you know, he's kind of taken me under his wing in a management role. Okay. And so there's an artist that we have, Dellen Gray is okay. her name, and her single's coming out on January the 20th. Is this the first, is this the first artist you've managed? Um, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, it is. So, so she's like your yeah, protege. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited we'll have to and have nervous. Her on sometime too. Oh, you must. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. Very cool. Um, and also, Crippen is another artist that I'm working with. Okay. And he was my drummer. Oh, okay. Uh, and played on my Purge record and yeah. a number of other uh, songs that I've done. And he was in Headley oh, for okay. about I don't know how many years. Right. He was in Headley, and then he left Headley. And then a couple of years later, they, you know, everything happened with Headley. Everything yeah. happened. So, yeah, I yeah that's photographed been... him once. Then, oh, I photographed, Well, I photographed oh, Headley once. Yeah, so he yeah. was their drummer, and he was also my drummer. So he's in. Uh, most people know him from my "I Love Myself Today" mm-hmm. video. Oh, right, um, of course, yeah. Yeah, and he's just an amazing guy. Yeah. And the stuff that he writes and sings on his own mm-hmm. is very much like. I don't know. I call it, we we tease him a lot and say that it's 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 math metal. Okay. Um, but you know, ultimately, it's hard rock. Okay. And it's really incredible. So why do you call it math metal? Because you it's have like, to do because the timing changes. Oh, I see. Oh yeah, okay. it's like it's crazy. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, it's amazing. He writes very. Um, very uh, lyrically, he goes very deep. Okay, and uh, and it's just really, really profound, powerful music. Okay. so we're working on that for wow. this year too. And this is your first album since when? When was the last album? Um, I did 2012. I put 2012. on an acoustic record. Wow, so and we eight put years. out a couple singles uh, in the meantime. But yeah, eight years. That's a big. That's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. So what? It's so much fun. What kind of? Um, is it kind of like a classic Biff Naked style? Very eclectic. Okay. Absolutely dark, cool. eclectic. Um, hopefully it's a little eccentric, mm-hmm. you know, trying to utilize things that I haven't always done. Right. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited for people to Very hear cool. it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very um, cool. And um, before we change tops, the Andy, the Andy Kim show, mm-hmm. that's kind of like... 
I mean, those are kind of like the who's who of Canadian talent, too. It's so much fun. Sloan, I think, was there this they year. They were They're there one of my favorite year. Canadian bands. Yeah, and, yeah, same here. Yeah. Yeah, it was just so much fun. Was So tell me about the show. What was what was, what was was it like? So the and, Toronto show is like... Um, so does he do more than yes. one? Okay. So what he does is Toronto, Montreal, and Burlington. Gotcha. Okay. And so we were on the Toronto and Burlington shows. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's always Ron Sexsmith. Yes. Uh, who I'm a big fan yeah. of. Tom Cochran. Oh, wow, okay. Is involved. Uh, Sarah Sleen, mm-hmm. who is just such uh, an amazing vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorraine Sagato from uh, Parachute Club was on the Toronto show, and she's a huge influence for me because when I was, you know, younger, she was popular. But she was, like, you know, a real feminist activist Mm -hmm. when it wasn't cool, when it wasn't popular. And she got a lot of pushback uh, from the the industry, basically. And so it was really neat for someone like me to, you know, kind of be able to talk with her and sit and spend time with her. That was just, uh, you know... Just so memorable. And mm-hmm. same with Jane Sibbery was there in the Toronto show. And again, totally memorable for me. Um, and Ron Sexsmith, I have been a big fan of his, um, gosh, since the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mom is a huge fan, so he's figured quite prominently yes. uh, in the, you know, in the ears of uh, my family. Yeah. And so that's always just really um, a privilege to be around yeah. him. And um, so, how how did you how do how was your set? Did you? It was so much fun. Like yeah. it, it basically, you go and play two songs, and then that's Each one, it. Yeah, you know, uh, we so did four in Burlington. But I, one of the songs that I chose this year uh, was a Christmas song. Okay, uh, which I had previously recorded. You can find it on YouTube if you look okay. hard enough. Uh, just the, the we never made a video for it or anything. It's just the audio, but it's uh, I saw mommy kissing Santa okay. Claus, and so that's like super fun to sing. Right. And it was, uh, and again, Andy's band is so phenomenal, and to be able to rehearse. So did you with play them. with Andy's band? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's really cool. And Snake played with with me gotcha. too. So it was uh, very cool. Yeah, it was just so much fun. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. Um, does Biff Naked have any Christmas or New Year's traditions? <laughs> well, you know, I'm always the only veg head okay, at the right. table. So when I was younger and when Tofurky was new, right. I used to, you know, insist that I brought one along and that we make that alongside of, you know, all the turkey that people eat. Mm-hmm. And over the years, it's just not how I eat anymore. I don't yeah. eat uh, that type of thing. Instead, I'll just like literally have a... a a head of lettuce, you know, <laughs> instead of a turkey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm always the only uh, vegan, so I like being able to be the one that makes all the salads or okay. makes all the salad dressings, and you know, it it's not pushy, and I'm not, you know, I, that way I'm not, you know, making anyone feel like I refuse to be included in their, mm-hmm. you know, kind of symbolic ceremonial right. gathering. Um, and I, I've always been the same way. I just okay. kind of eat by example. Mm-hmm. I never tell anyone what they should have or anything. And I mean, even Snake, he's not a vegan by any means. It, you know, I have to twist his arm. Yeah. Uh, and he will eat three pieces of broccoli no more. <laughs> and so that's something that I've finally gotten him to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found being a vegan in Toronto compared to Vancouver? Well, you know, I have to look at it in terms of also where I'm at in my life. I think that a lot of uh, people 
I think all of us, particularly women, mm-hmm. uh, I think we go through different phases of eating in, mm-hmm. in certain eras of our you know, age trajectory. Okay. Uh, like, for example, my mother, who's 81, she likes having smoothies at night for okay. her dinner, and usually she makes them with sweet potato. Okay. I don't know why, because I prefer carrot or, you know, something else. Um, but I think that, that her eating has changed and her tastes have changed, and I noticed the same thing for me. So I will always be a vegan. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, since the 90s, it's just kind of how I eat. But for a long time, I was a raw food vegan. Right. And, you know, that became a really trendy phase when I was eating that way. And I didn't really know I was a raw food vegan. Okay. I just knew that I liked bananas. Right. And avocados and tomatoes. You know, yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. Okay. And, and I find that coming here to Toronto, the population's greater. So there is more vegetarian and vegan food okay. in a way because there's more restaurants that right. really cater to that niche mm-hmm. uh, restaurant goer. But it's very expensive. Yeah. And it's very elitist, mm-hmm. uh, and which is what I used to accuse the yoga community of becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same way, in a way, mm-hmm. um, with that um, vegan crowd. And right. so I, I usually like to give everybody the raspberries okay. and, and tell them that they're, you know, not being uh, socioeconomically right. cool and that, you know, they're excluding a certain part of the population. Right. Um, because they glamorize it in a way mm-hmm. and, and then people do get scared off. Uh, they don't want to try it or, you know, cause they feel like it's too expensive or, they, they're going to do it wrong. Or, right. And there is a, a lot of, I guess, kind of unspoken commandments that uh, come from the vegan community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that really early. Same with Straight Edge. You mm-hmm. know, my, right. ba- my band drank. Right. You know, and so I, I would get a lot of nonsense from course, very yeah. conservative, you know, right-leaning straight-edge kids who are like, well, you, you're not a real straight-edge if you tolerate this right. oh, really? in other people. Wow. And there is that same type of mentality from a from lot of the vegan too, community really? that you can't actually marry someone who's not a vegan or you're not a real vegan. Wow. And I have heard that before and you can imagine how I <laughs> react. Yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I've always just kind of been the... The girl that just, you know, does my own path. Yeah. And it just never occurred to me. I didn't meet another vegan in mm-hmm. my entire life until the internet. Right. I just never knew any. Yeah. You know, it was only me. And the first vegan I ever was, met was, was Sarah Kramer the, from the Vegan Cookbook. Yeah. And was it, it was health reasons that you initially switched to yeah, that or just... health reasons okay. and it was cute faces right, right. <laughs> of a cows and... morality Yeah, thing as it was well. just yeah. kind of like what I was doing. I was reading a lot of um, books about the, you know, the yoga of eating. I was uh, really obsessed with Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a, he had a food, uh, a food book, you know, and I was reading his vows and observations and I was quite obsessed uh, with that, and I had uh, one of my best friends used to tease me and just say, you know, you can't look at Gandhi's 
style of eating yeah. and, and uh, you know take that on he was right. fasting you idiot to, yeah to like death what almost, are you doing yeah. but you know ultimately there's uh there were really good lessons yeah. for me to learn from I, just, I found it surprising but i guess out of sheer like you said population and size there's a lot of options here but i i assumed vancouver would have had more of a vegan style lifestyle than we have here it's but. hard to say vancouver's a really small town mm-hmm. and um even though it's more outdoorsy mm-hmm. and yeah, I think probably there is more of a laid-back attitude in a way. I think it's also started to become a very wealthy city. Mm-hmm. And uh, there again, there's yeah, a real the cost elitism. Of there. There's mm-hmm. an elitism that yeah. comes with that. And, you know, there, you know, I don't know. There's just uh, there's a lot of rich vegans mm-hmm. that do yoga. Gotcha. And, you know, God bless. Yeah, you know, yeah. In a perfect if world, can, we, yeah. could all, we would can, all do that and drive our Teslas yeah. or whatever they drive If we all there. won that $70 million lottery. Yes, <laughs> everyone was aware of that oh, lottery. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Brampton. Someone in Brampton, yeah. We all know oh, that. Knows? Yeah. It's funny. I, listened, I was listening to the radio once, and someone had brought up that kind of theory that no one ever wins in the mm. big cities it's always outside of the city yeah. so whenever he was saying whenever he's out of town he always buys a lottery ticket because oh, you always hear it's someone from penticton or right. something that sure. won the lottery. it's never yeah. you know joe from toronto that's like, right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So. and it's you know we were i was actually having a debate with snake where mm-hmm. we were talking about 70 million dollars and I, I kept telling him no, you don't. Nobody needs no. seventy million. You can keep ten, yeah, and give sixty to charity, yeah, yeah. and uh, or you can give like you know fifty to this charity and ten to this yeah. charity. I know. bought we I bought a ticket with my girlfriend, yeah, and we we're like, if either of us win, sure, let's split it. You of know? course. And then 100%. she was like, you would split seventy. I was like, oh, thirty-five million dollars is totally enough for me. No That's, kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would pay everyone in my family's mortgage. Of and, like, course, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. and it's fun to consider what we would do with that yeah you know and that keeps people buying them and uh you know that is a very like i don't think we really understand that inner what's your magnitude of that type of the lottery commission and and what it what it does yeah i mean we assume it probably funds a lot of different i think that's the first time i ever bought a lottery ticket well, but, son, you may be hooked because nah, it, I don't know <laughs> because I never, it's. I know that yeah. I know a lot of people who buy one every, every yeah. single Friday. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Some people there is some people. My my dad had decent luck. Like mm-hmm. every now and then, my dad I think at least made his money back in his. Oh, winnings. amazing! Like, <laughs> Very good. In the end, you yeah, know, like, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have that luck. But yeah, it's such, the, again yeah. the population's bigger. Right, more people are buying of them. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, quickly going back to um, working on things like the Andy Kim Christmas Show. What what moments in your career have you ever you know working with super talented people like that? Has what moments in your career did you kind of have to pinch yourself or say oh, I can't so believe many. I, I can't always, believe I just did that? I pinch you know? myself all the time. Yeah. I think that one thing that's really incredible are festivals. Yeah, yeah. People love festivals yeah. because of the sheer amount um, of talent. Yeah. Amount of bands that are there. And uh, you know, when we were 
going to Europe so much for festivals over there. It was just like we played with the Prodigy, Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. like, you know, all these great bands. This past summer for Canada Day, we played with Our Lady Peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that, you know, that are they Canada's Radiohead, you know? Because uh, yeah, it was yeah. like really quite a starry sky At the and time, a lot yeah. of lights and it was like, it was amazing. Yeah, Rain Made It was the first. It was amazing. The show was fantastic yeah. and they were demigods. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, and we were the, right there uh, on side stage wiping our sweat off going, oh, you know, they were so good. And, uh, and those are still pinch me moments yeah. for me, 100%. When you think back, you're like, I can't believe I did that, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like there's there's just a million of those. We yeah. played with Motorhead, Jenna Torturers. Wow. We, wow. You know, we've toured with so many other bands. What was Lemmy like? Um, did you They're very polite. Okay. Very polite, you yeah. know? And again, I'm in a formal setting. Oh, of and course. Of course, I don't. I never hang out after the right. show. So I probably uh, miss what my band gets to do, which right. is hang out and drink yeah. with yeah. the other bands, which yeah. I always missed out on but you know so my experiences have always been pleasant Mm -hmm. and courteous right you know I I kind of never really partied with anybody yeah right right. (laughs) like I said when I was really young so Uh, well you can I think you can still party and not I don't drink either I don't drink either yeah no if I want to let my hair down and be naughty I'm gonna have a diet coke or a diet diet pop it's funny too the type of personality that you have to mm-hmm. I think people would never even notice that you no you are, you know? yeah, yeah it never made a difference it never you know? made a difference to me and, and it only really seemed to in the beginning when I was a young person of course, where yeah. my friends were like you know why aren't you drinking and yeah it took a long time for me to just go dude it's cool like, yeah. just do your thing I think once they get past that initial yeah. thing too then they no, people don't care. But the same is true for like, vegetarians and vegans. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. they they always apologize to me. Oh, I'm really sorry. I want to order a burger. And it's like, oh, my just God, just, yeah. just do your thing. Yeah. Like, just, I can't I can't help you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Rain Maida of Our Lady Peace was the first ever interview I ever did. Oh, come on. Yeah, which is a crazy one to be Amazing. here for. Yeah, it wasn't for, it wasn't wow. for my podcast, but it was for a magazine. Amazing. And uh, I remember being like, are you sure you don't want me to interview some like local Joe Schmo first and right. like, no, no, just go ahead. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, and then I, I interviewed right. The last interview I did actually was with Chantal Creviatic. Oh, you did. Yeah. So oh, I was telling her, nice. I was like, yeah. So uh, cool. I was telling her this full circle because the first interview I ever did was with her husband. So, Incredible. Yeah, did yeah. you see their movie? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I haven't oh, seen it yet, it's but really I heard great. it's very good. Yeah. yeah, we saw it and yeah. uh, I dragged Snake to it. and uh, Very personal. It yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was very cool. Yeah. Um, there, yeah, there was rain. Yeah, rain. That was a very cool moment. I remember I, I remember he, very nice guy, he, um, my boss, I was working at an ad agency at the mm-hmm. time, and my boss was a huge. She was one of the nicest bosses I've ever had, and she was a huge <laughs> Our Lady Peace fan. And Aww. it was her birthday coming up, so I got her him to record a happy birthday message for Amazing. her. Amazing! And I sent it to her. I emailed it to her on her birthday, and she thought it was fake. Oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was great. Um, I remember watching, uh, or right when I was prepping for this, I watched a, and I it totally was nostalgia. Well, I watched a the music video you did for your cover of We're Not Gonna Take It. For, oh, yes. With Ready to Rumble. Yep. Gail Greenwood was in the video with me. She's yeah. in belly. And she at the time, she was between me and L7. 
And uh, Doug Fury, you saw in that video. So yes, yeah. yeah, that was so much. I remember. Fun. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Oh, Ready really? Because it was in. It was for the movie, so right? Yeah, yeah, it sure I was. I loved that movie. I'm sure, like, if I watched it now, David Arquette, and David Arquette, Scott Con. Yes, yes. yes. And, and like, I'm, I still am, but growing up, especially, I was a huge wrestling fan. Oh, yeah, so, Goldwell, yeah. Sting, all, yeah, they yeah. were all in it. Yeah, 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 that was pretty, so that was that was a good piece of nostalgia. Oh, very was, good. Yeah. yeah, that was so yeah. fun. Such a um, fun video. I have, I remembered, I remembered before coming here that Snake was a big Kiss fan. Oh, absolutely. Did you guys go in August? Yes. So I was, And March. And March, right. Of course. So I was at the one in August. You were? Yes, yeah, so... Oh. So I got to photograph Kiss. Come on! And, yeah, oh for uh, for Q107. Amazing. So I have a great story that I was I wanted to share. Oh, very good. It is. I shared it once before on the podcast. So for the listeners, I'm sorry they have to hear it again. I but, can't wait. So I was. So I got. Yeah. So I got asked by Q107 to shoot Kiss. Mm-hmm. So normally you, you probably know it when you shoot a band you have usually three songs from right. the pit. Yeah. That's the standard. So with Kiss, they want you to get some long shots and some close shots. Very good. So you get one song from the soundstage and, wow. one, and one song from the pit. Wow. So you only get two songs total and only one from the pit. Oh. And there's no break in between. So basically... Oh, you have to get over Open there. with Detroit Rock City. Yeah. And then you literally... There's all the explosions at the end. Yeah. And then you have to like book it through the crowd to the pit and you have like... And, and then they do Shout It Out Loud, which is like a two-minute, 45-second song. So yeah. you basically have like two minutes to shoot Kiss. Unbelievable. So we're rushing through the crowd. I get in, and I I guess there's on the stage there was some metal. And uh-huh. I, I, I did like a splits going. I slipped and did like a splits going into oh my the pit and split my shorts. Shut up. Oh, right down, like oh. fully... Like I'm talking like a hole like this oh my down god. my shorts. Oh my god! And every like everything's visible. You're commando. Like, yeah. No. No. Luckily, I was not. Oh thank commando. god! I was like, luckily you and my husband. Not. What's with luckily, you guys? Like, <laughs> luckily, I was not commando. Oh my but god! But I was still. It was like white Ugh. boxer briefs. Right. Like yeah, and just and I had to take the subway home. Oh my god! And so and then on top of that, so I'm I'm in the pit now, like you, ripped pants. What can you do? Yeah, and. um so I'm going anyways, and at one point, you know, um, I caught uh, I caught a pick from t- Paul Stanley too. What? Well, it basically landed on me. Unbelievable. So in the in the midst too of like I've split my pants and I only have like two minutes to shoot kiss, I I took the pick and I didn't have any hands, so I put it between my teeth. Oh in no! My mouth. And I was like, why is this wet? Oh dear! And then I was looking through my photos, and sure enough, Paul Stanley does that thing where he sticks the pick to his tongue come on and then i didn't realize he spat it at me oh my god and so i had the pick that was in Paul stanley's mouth you basically you basically kissed him everyone that's what everyone's after like you you indirectly made out with paul stanley hilarious so anyway so so that was that was yeah that was my night and i had to take the subway home unbelievable with split pants unbelievable yeah so that's my kiss story shot well Going back to your Ready to Rumble song, yeah. and we're not going to take it, the first concert I ever saw in my life yeah. was Twisted Sister opening mm-hmm. for Iron Maiden on the Power Slave Tour uh, oh, okay. at the Winnipeg Arena. That's an amazing... And so, I that don't know... That was your first concert? Yes. Wow. And I don't know how, because we were like yeah. 12 and 10 years old, you know, my parents just dropped us off at the yeah. arena door, and we went, and I was in the fourth row, yeah. center. 
Wow. How does that happen? Yeah. It never even happens as an adult. What a first concert. So we went yeah. there, and Dee Snyder was singing, We're Not Gonna Take It, and he spit on us. Really? He horked and spit on us. And then, you, and it was like the greatest. I was yeah, like, like, I'm yeah. never watching <laughs> like, again. We didn't even want to stay for Iron Maiden. Yeah. We were like so excited. And then years later, he had a radio show in Hartford, yeah. Connecticut. And the only reason I remember it's Hartford is because I was on his show and mm-hmm. just on a phone interview and teased him mercilessly yeah. about the Whalers. Yeah. Because they were like, no more. And uh, I told him that story, and this is after we recorded the song. Yeah. And I said, you're not going to believe this, but you you horked on me when I was 12 years old, and you basically baptized me into rock and roll. (laughs) Yeah. And I still haven't watched, and I'm a big fan, and, you know, we had a good laugh about it. Um, And then I didn't meet him in person until about three years later, Mm -hmm. and I met him in the UK, and it was like... That's so funny. Yeah, but he spit on me, so I get it. What a first concert experience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, everything else kind of paled in comparison. My first concert experience was I went to see Linkin Park. Wow. I was the big... My favorite band in high school was P.O.D. Oh, really? And they were opening for Linkin Park. Wow, that's so interesting. But what I remember was there was two ladies smoking crack in front of us. Come on. Right in front of us. And we were... stinks. I was... 14, 15. Unbelievable. And I just remember being like, it's like I remember it's like, this always what happens. And right, I remember being like covering because it, like it reeked. Yes. And I was worried I was going to go home with like a secondhand crack high. And like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, yeah. The um, way we think when we're kids. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but now it's same thing. I think I was like, what a cool first. Yeah. You don't realize it at the time. But, yes, yeah. definitely. Iron Maiden and Twisted mm-hmm. Sister. Yeah, it was amazing. Did you, did you guys go to Iron Maiden in the summer? Uh, we went, um, trying to think of when we went in Vancouver. They were there in about four years ago. Okay, because they were here. Ago. They played the amphitheater in yes, the summer. Yes, I know. Yeah, and it we was, missed I think it was the best show I saw this year. Amazing. Real, yeah. They, wow. It's incredible. Like, that guy moves around. Yes. He still moves around. Absolutely. Like he's 40 years younger than he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I noticed when going through your your uh, social media before I came was there was a lot of tweets about Star Wars. Yes. Yes. So, so how, how did you feel? I loved it. I Me cried, too. I cried three times. I cried when Chewbacca when fell to his knees. Yeah. When he heard the death of Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And then I cried when, of course, because I am a cis het white girl. Okay. I want to be the princess. I am just enamored with princess stories. Okay. And of course, I always wanted Ray and Kylo to get together. Of course, yeah, I yeah. did. You know, do yeah. I feel ripped off that she didn't get to have a, a pregnancy? <laughs> you know, of course they had a moment. Of course, they got the moment. But yeah, they had their moment, and then of course he dies, and I cried like a yeah. child, uh, much to my husband's chagrin. And <laughs> then at the end, when Ray and Poe and Finn were hugging yeah. in victory, okay. well, then I cried because yeah. it was like you know. So we've only seen it twice. We're Not at the moment again. where you thought Chewie was dead, but at the moment when he cried. That's right. Yeah. Yes, oh, when he fell to his knees, like, when his knees yeah, buckled, yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That killed me. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, too. It was to great. Yeah, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, I don't know. I have a hard, hard time when people are... I know people are very, very critical. Very critical, but yeah. I think they always the people who are critical will always be critical. Yes, yeah. and they, a lot of people didn't like the previous movie to this one, but did I like this one. Yeah, I didn't actually. I didn't love mm. um, what was that one? Um, the Last Jedi. Yeah, yes. I didn't love that one. 
I love them but, all. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I, did really I like, love it all. I did really like how they wrapped it up. Yeah. And yeah, I know some of my friends like really just crap all over it. But I see. I think, and we had a, we had an interesting talk because they were like, you know, diehard, diehard fans of the original. So I don't think I they see. were ever going to be happy, right. to be honest. Yeah. And it was funny because they were saying, they're like, we get it because we were comparing it to, they were like, we enjoy the new Star Trek films. Right. But to I Trekkies, see. they don't they don't like those right. movies either. Absolutely. So I guess when you're just too close to it, I guess. Uh-huh. I but it was but great. I, really, I thought it was great. I saw yeah. it in IMAX. And oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, again, it's the beginning of the year, end of last year. So I'd said to you, we might talk about what were some of your favorite album songs from 2019 who who did you really start oh, to like Cabello. okay like love yeah, it yeah love it love okay. it love it her and her little boyfriend yeah uh sean mendez who is just okay. a phenomenal talent mm-hmm. um you know like i don't know i think that for for me i don't listen to a lot of radio right okay um but Somehow it made it through for mm-hmm. me, and uh, I'm a huge fan. Okay. So that was probably my favorite song of the you year. You don't Spotify or anything like that? No? Not particularly. Okay. I, I find that I still listen to CDs. I, me and, too. And yeah. to my iTunes library. Yeah. I just buy something I can't get I rid like of my it. iTunes library. I'm no. too attached. I spent too many yeah. hours <laughs> on Same. that. So. And before, like, um, you know, a lot of the CDs I have... Uh, they're very obscure. Mm. I'm a huge world music fan, and okay. I can't find that stuff of course. online, yeah. so I just cherish it. Mm-hmm. I I do use Spotify when I'm kind of tired of hearing my... Mm. It's funny, I had this conversation because when I when I first got a Walkman, mm-hmm. I used to listen to the same CD. Same. I would listen to the same CD on I, repeat for like yeah, a week, no that's problem. That's me. And I'm like that with the gym. When I work at the gym, I listen same to the playlist. same thing. All right, okay. And when I drive in my car, I always listen to the same okay. CD. I have different playlists for different... But I, but I, my comparison was when I was younger, I could do that. I could listen mm-hmm. to the same CD for a week. Now, I'm like... Oh, I heard this song yesterday. Right. I, can, I don't need to listen to it again today. I understand. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess just the, I don't know, attention spans or the amount of music yeah. out there now. Yes, there's yeah. so there's, there's so, so much, much to listen there. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But there's also more and more to listen to every day, yeah. like, you know, as people release That's records. That's true. That's what I Spotify when I feel like I need new music. Mm-hmm. And, and it's cool because you you would you discover yeah, songs it's you fun. would never hear before. Absolutely. Um how did you so a couple a couple of hot topics we've had on this podcast before is how do you feel about uh, Greta Van Fleet, a band like good little band yeah yeah great band yeah yeah very talented yeah there's always the, the always the debate about two Led Zeppelin on you know like of course yeah but there is with everything you know there is with every artist is going to be compared to artists from yesteryear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think they're too Led Zeppelin at all. I don't think so I either. I think they're a good band. And when, I, when I say it, what, what I say to people when they say they're too, too Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. is, well, when was the last time Led Zeppelin put out an album? That's you know, right. If, if you like Led Zeppelin, what's wrong with more Led Zeppelin? That's exactly correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're yeah. a great band. Yeah. And they're kids. Like, yes. you know. Like, yeah. Of course, I when I was playing in, I played the bands I like to listen to. Yeah, you know, exactly. So. Um, and the other one that we all we always get we always end up talking about is Billie Eilish. Oh yeah, yeah. very talented girl. Yeah, very talented. different, different, but yeah, mm-hmm. and I think different sparks a lot of opinions. 
Yes. So I think that she is. Uh, she was somebody that young people today, particularly young women, could really mm-hmm. relate to mm-hmm. and look up to. Yeah. Uh, I think that you know, again, pop music kind of really oscillates mm-hmm. uh, as far as the artist and what's popular and what's fashionable. You're right. It just can be so alienating for mm-hmm. a young kid and they can't relate. Yeah. You know, they're never going to look like that. Right. You know, even we're not going to look like that. Right. You know, but um, someone like Billie Eilish, I mean, they, you know, they think she's cool. They like what she has to say. Mm-hmm. She's very honest and uh, and they believe it. They trust her. And I think that's really another mm-hmm. artist that I liked last year was Youngblood. Yes, I I love Youngblood. I'm a huge yeah. fan, yeah. and I just thought, you know what, this kid is like it's raw, is what it. Yeah, yeah. and it, it just, you know, it's impossible not to like these yeah. young artists because mm-hmm. they just they're the real deal. Yeah, yeah, Youngblood's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one that. I mean, not quite the same amount of popularity, but I think is up and coming. Is there's a girl named Poppy? Mm. Have you heard of her? No. Very good. And she's playing the opera. I just saw she's playing the opera. Oh, house next interesting. Month. Is also she a North American girl? I think so. Okay. I th- I don't don't quote me, but um, also very different, mm. but cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like same, she blonde. Same, yes. Okay, then I know yeah. who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, very 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 cool as well. Mm-hmm. Different again, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's nice not to just have the same, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but another Britney Spears or another, of course, you know, pop icon. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's nice to have something, and that's I, I appreciate whether you like her music or not. Mm-hmm. I think you can appreciate Billy Billy Eilish or oh, someone absolutely. like Billy Eilish. You yeah, know, who's, very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyways, um, so that was that. And uh, one thing that I love about you and your social media, especially, is how the amount of positivity that comes from it and you like to share positivity with your followers annoyingly no you know that's i think that's mostly I get, I get accused of being too being annoying over, no i don't yeah. I, I don't i i want to say the opposite and even just not just your social media interacting with you in general mm. is very positive um and i think it's it's refreshing i think that's one. good yeah um have you always been that way? Yeah. Yeah? I My managers used to tell me never to talk on stage. Don't okay. talk in between songs. Really? Oh, yes. Uh, and the problem was we would be playing, especially first record, I mean, you know, we would be put on these tours. My first tour in Europe was opening for Life of Agony. Okay. And so their audience were really not interested in hearing daddy's getting married yeah you know or these type of songs that i was playing and uh we basically had to tune everything down to drop d or or c you know to be able to play with the boys okay ultimately and uh and it was fine as long as i didn't talk Mm -hmm. because as soon as i started talking between songs my manager would say you're you blow it you blow it you're just like you ruin it all because they're you know think you're some tough Right. Artist, you know, you're whipping your hair around like, you you know, you think you're in Skeleton Witch, you know, yeah, you're yeah. doing the, and then you talk and then just, it just is out the window where you thank everyone for, for being there. You're so effusive and yeah, giggly yeah. and stuff. And he's, he, he used to tell me, stop talking. And I tried. Okay. Uh, but mostly as time went on, people just got used to I, I think who I am right, and they know that. I think that's it's more unique that way because what I what my why I was wondering if it, if you'd always been that way because 
punk music, it was always it's always kind of been known mm-hmm. as a method to express frustration or oh, anger. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when I was first starting out, it was the early 90s and mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, between me and Hole and L7 mm-hmm. or even when Alanis Morissette came yeah. out, people were like, You're, you are an angry white female. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yeah. just another angry white female. And that used to make me furious right. because I used to sit there going, I'm not angry. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but your song lyrics are, you know, these song lyrics. And I'm like, that's me expressing something that was like hurt my feelings or a breakup with a guy. Yeah. You know, and because you express these things, the rest of your world is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that catharsis yeah. helps you get through it, work through it, get past it. Um, so it was a lot of explaining mm-hmm. and me being very defensive and saying, I'm not angry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, over time it just, um, like you say, people just, they got used to it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they can kind of know that that's what I'm going to always bring. Yeah. I always like seeing your posts. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good. I'm how, glad. How do you, how do you think, because I mean, there's so much, you know, I hate to say it, but it, I mean, it's artists say it all the time. It's, mm. it's like, it's such a double edged sword, social media, because there's so much negativity that brews and I uh, never see it. No, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> I there, never see that's it. Good. That's and I, good. And I also know not to, because I've been, um, long enough on Twitter, I guess, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't chime in. Right. And that's the other thing. I do see a lot of artists that do, they chime in yes. all the time or they are critical of other, uh, things they see or they, you know, back talk to trolls yeah. or all this right. stuff. I just can't. I just yeah. don't engage in that stuff. I just can't. I'll log off. Yeah. Before I will ever engage in yeah. anything like that. And if I'm having a bad day or um, having a bumpy day or I have a migraine or anything like that, I simply don't go. Don't in. do it. Right. Right. It's like so. Like mm-hmm. I. It's easy. <laughs> but even just, um, you know, with artists, I've you know, I think it, they get their own feelings hurt by reading yes. the negative comments. Oh sure. That oh make yeah. And, and, oh absolutely. Yeah. So what is what is a way that you think um, like artists or people could use social media for good? Um, I think that honestly, it's it's free advertising, right? For right. anybody, yeah. Uh, so you know you can you know promote what you want to promote, mm-hmm. and, and it's like the early days of us doing press, especially uh, in if you're gonna do uh, interviews or press, especially in a country where you have to be really clear mm-hmm. uh, with your language mm-hmm. because they'll misinterpret you Everything, or it'll get yeah. lost in translation. Yeah. And that's good training mm-hmm. uh, because same with social media. You can be very, very deliberate about what you want to say mm-hmm. and because you're leaving it there for everyone to see forever. Right. So it's true. that's representing mm-hmm. yourself. What are the things you want to put out there? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really easy to do. And uh, now working with artists, of course, um, I just, you know, I encourage them to always run their own social media. Um, it's It shouldn't be that complicated. It shouldn't mm-hmm. really be that hard. Um, and just, yeah, if you're nice to people and enthusiastic, things will generally go your way. Yeah. Really. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you see a lot. So what is it over the holidays? I was reading there was more beef between the the Gallagher brothers that oh just dear. unfolded so, all over social media. They're, they're very grouchy British yeah. boys. Yeah, you know yeah. what's really funny? I met Liam Gallagher once, yeah. but it was at like uh, I think it was at a taping of George mm-hmm. Strombolopoulos' old wow, show, and very he was cool. there. And I met him real quick. 
fun. And he was very nice. Of course. And like, you know, um, appreciative of being a fan and whatnot. Incredible. But yeah, there was something about uh, Noel had said something about like how Oasis new Oasis fans didn't know anything or something like oh dear and and I think it was Liam that was like what are you like what are you doing those right. are alienating your own fans and, right yeah, of so, course yeah. yeah it's fun it's fun to watch their beef too. oh it is I mean yeah. I think I wonder I sometimes wonder if it's half made up on, yeah know? I don't know I mean but. yeah because it's you know to the point of awkward it is it you is you know if if Tegan and Sarah were fighting. Right. I would probably like go back to bed. Right. Like I would be like the yeah. sky has fallen. Yeah. Um, because you don't you don't want to see that. Yeah. You don't want. I mean, at least I don't. I, I don't almost, want people. It's to almost fight. it's it's pretty much been framed that now Noel's the bad guy. Yeah. And Liam's the good guy. Yes. You know? And so I, yeah. I I wonder sometimes. But I was at I remember I don't know if you ever but I was at that show. It was the last show they ever did in Toronto. Wow. Where Noel got. Pushed on stage. Unbelievable. Did you ever hear about that? Yes, I did. Yeah. I was yeah, I was there. there. It was crazy. It was on, wow. the, on the Toronto Island. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. It was weird. But, well, it was weird because nobody knew what was happening. Right. And all of a sudden, there was people fighting on stage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. I hope they get back together at some mm-hmm. point. Same here. Yeah. And I'm sure they will. They will. But you know what? To be honest, they're both... They might even need... They're both doing fantastic music of their yeah, own right now. Exactly. Like Liam's new album. So talented. Is really, really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us um, what... You kind of did tell us already. You got the new album coming out. What mm-hmm. what What is 2020 going to look like for Biff Naked? 2020 is already shaping up. It's already shaped up. Busy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're going to be... Snake and I are going to be doing some acoustic shows in March. Okay. Early March. And then in summer, we just plan on touring... Um, with new songs coming out. Awesome. The first single's coming out. It's called Jim. Jim, okay. And it's coming out um, within the next probably four weeks. Okay. And Jim then, as in the name? Yeah. Same Jim? Okay. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think um, everyone has a Jim in their life. Okay. So that's, okay. I'll give you that clue. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's really exciting to be able to add new things to the repertoire yeah you know because it is um very limiting with Mm -hmm. uh with social media and youtube you can't really perform a brand new song without it being streamed right so and i mean that's fine because it's not about revenue source anymore it's about the element of surprise Mm -hmm. that artists rely on you know to like you know they they want to present their their tune so it's nice to finally have that opportunity mm-hmm. this year so that is really I'm cool. really focused on that mm-hmm. yeah do you ever like I, I, this is an interesting question I imagine at most shows you've got to play there's certain songs that Always. you have to play every yep. time Spaceman Space I Love Man. Myself Today of Lucky yeah does it ever get tiring or do you still never cher- that's, I yeah. love it yeah yeah. it's funny every because time. different artists are different different I about that kind of thing a period of time where it was like, you know, I so desperately just wanted to do new stuff all the time and right. we, we couldn't, we felt very handcuffed. I can understand the frustration of... But at the same time, I, you know, I came full circle about 10 years ago because uh, those songs have been like, you know, Spaceman came out in 1996. Right. And uh, it's now it's like really fun to sing it. Yeah. 
and when we do acoustic shows particularly it's a very it's a bit of a, a different approach we take it's a ballad mm-hmm. when we do it acoustically it's a little bit sad mm-hmm. very haunting and it's a, a song where basically you want to be rescued from your life right and um, you know so sometimes I still go there when I'm singing it you know and get quite teary and it's very emotional mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I'll ever lose that that's I think that's phenomenal and it's funny because I understand both sides. Like, mm-hmm. I understand where artists are like, look, I'm still making art. Right. You know, try and appreciate this art instead of yeah. just wanting to hear what I wrote 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I understand that. But on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard people say, I'm just so appreciative that some people like something I did so Ooh, much exactly. that they want to hear it all the time. Absolutely. You know? I once met the, the guy who played the Soup Nazi. Oh. And he just Very loves funny. that he... Like, he never, he's like, when people call him the soup, no, he loves it. Because he's like, right. as an actor, yeah. 99% of actors don't have something that people don't recognize right. them from. So he's yes. like, even just to be recognized as yeah. the soup Nazi is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I think that's imagine. a fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. Again, going to Oasis, I remember at one point wouldn't play oh, anything yeah. from What's the Story, Morning Glory. Wow. And I can't I just, even imagine. I guess they just felt like it was going through the motions. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. So I think there's, I, I understand both ways, but mm-hmm. I think, you know. I think just to have something that people love. Yes. Anyways, is, oh, yeah. is incredible. It's, yeah. it's a joy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so thank you um, for another great chat. We're going to try something this year, I think on the third season. Mm. And I saw it, I heard it done on another podcast and oh. I like the idea, so I'm going to do my own version. Very cool. So I don't know if I'm going to change the name, but it's right now it's currently called The 60 Second Hot oh, Seat. Oh, I love this stuff. Yeah, so okay. I'm going to... I'm going to put a timer on, and okay. we have to try and get through 12 questions okay. in 60 seconds. So it's the first Love time it. I'm doing it, so I don't know if 12 is too much, too okay. little. Yep, so let's we, do it. It's, it's a trial. So we're going to put, we're going to have an alarm and everything. So one minute on the clock. Okay. So here's the 60-second hot seat. Okay, I love With it. Biff naked. I love it. All right, you ready? Yes. Batman or Superman? Superman. Beatles or Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. The last book you read? Oh gosh, the last book I read is called Cunt. By okay. <laughs> Favorite Toronto venue? Um, it's gonna be the Alma Combo. Okay. Sweet or salty snacks? Salty. Uh, favorite Star Wars film? Um, The Last Jedi. <laughs> okay. Where Where did you watch the Toronto Raptors final? Um, I don't have a TV. You know, okay. You know, uh, favorite Kiss song? Um, it would have to be Forever. Okay. Uh, beach or mountains? Beach. Brad Pitt or Leo DiCaprio? Leo. Favorite cartoon TV show? Uh, Family Guy. Uh, go-to karaoke song? Um, 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 Vision of Love by Mariah Carey. There you go, seven <laughs> seconds to spare. There you did it. I had to think really hard. That was good. That was good. And there you go. There's the alarm. Oh, it didn't go off. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Very nice. It sounds like my alarm when yeah, I wake up. Yeah, that is. Now I don't know how to stop it. How do we turn this on? There we go. <laughs> Bingo. You did it. That it was, was seven cool. seconds of spare. Yeah. That was cool. All right. I guess I guess 12 is a good yeah. amount. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a couple surprises in there. So what was the karaoke song? Uh, Vision of Love by Mariah Carey. Okay. Any Mariah Carey yeah. song, for sure. Karaoke. Yeah, that is true. That mine, yeah. I can't sing for, for nothing. Oh, so. and I cannot sing Mariah Carey. Yeah, well, I mean, that takes, yeah. 
So not many can, not fun. many can. Yeah, my mine are always ones that the audience can participate in because <laughs> uh, that's actually a good idea. It is. I always do like uh, my go-to is always everybody by the Backstreet Boys because oh, people just love good. that it's on anyways. Oh, so very yeah. good. I'm and gonna try that next time. Yeah. yeah, and then my other one is more so for comic relief. I always do. Um, I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. Oh, that's funny. But that's like my wedding song. Is yeah, it? So, yeah, yeah. That's or when hilarious. I'm at weddings, I yeah. Always, people always put it on the playlist for me. Amazing. Yeah, yeah the darkness so. is a very underrated band. They're so good. Yes, they like, are. They're so, and yeah, I, I think incredible. people think of that song and think of it as kind of funny. So they don't. I love British bands. Man. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Like, like as a, as a you know rock and roll band through mm-hmm. and through. They're yeah. Have you seen them? Oh, like I've photographed oh, them three times. I've seen on. them like probably four or five. Wow! I did an interview with Justin Hawkins. You once. did? Yeah, he farted in the middle of the interview. Come on! Yeah, on the microphone. Yeah, um, he's just as goofy as right. you think he would be. Amazing! Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Anyways, it makes me happy. Thank, yes, it made me happy too. <laughs> it was fun. Happy. Other than that, yeah. luckily they weren't my microphones. So right, of course. I had to hand them back. I was like, beware. One, I can't remember which, but one of these has fart on it. <laughs> yeah, very cool, dude. Yeah, uh, Biff, thank you so much. I hope thank all you the best for twenty twenty. Yes, and, and to you. Maybe at one point we'll do a, a round three. <laughs> I would love it. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.